All right, June, we're here. Episode one. Let's do we'll, it. Well, cheers our water glasses right here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're starting a podcast. Feels like everyone in 2022 has also started a podcast. Um, a lot of podcasts out there, but we're trying to come together, trying to create a psychiatry, mental health-based education, commentary, um, help. I don't know. How, how, what do you think we're trying to do here? Well, first of all, um, thanks for that introduction and i um, very excited to uh, work on this project with you. I'm excited to see you know, if we can grow it and see where it goes. Um, as far as what we're going to be doing, I mean, I definitely agree with everything that you said there. Um, mm -hmm. We're just trying to just have some real conversations about some of the issues and cur current events that are going on in, in the field of psychiatry. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm recently a psychiatrist currently in training. Um, so I've been doing this about a year and a half, seeing patients on a daily basis. And I think even in that limited amount of time, my perspective and my insight into what this field really is like on the ground level, um, I, I feel like I have some interesting stories um, yeah. that can hopefully start some conversations about uh, some of the good and also some of the bad. Absolutely, man. You know, I think that's such a good approach and you kind of went into um, your qualifications a little bit, but let's, uh, so me and you are both now second year psychiatry residents. Um, so what that means, listeners, if uh, you're, that's kind of foreign to you, we both graduated medical school in 2021. Um, we matched here at uh, Rowan University. And oh, disclaimer, um, everything that we do talk about is me and June's opinions alone. They do not represent our employer in any way, shape, or form. Um, just thought that needs to be said. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. Thanks for yeah. saying that. One of my greatest friends from medical school uh, is also a psychiatry resident who I hope we will interview together. Um, and he was a lawyer. So much like our old chief, uh, Uche, lawyer slash psychiatrist. So I remember my other podcast that I started, Talk Mental Health with Logan Noon. Um, Dr. Logan Noon, I guess. I forgot to add that in there. Um, you know, we also, we, part of this is kind of like free speech is like liability and stuff. And like part of psychiatry, what I'm also kind of learning is I feel psychiatry overlaps so much with politics, with law, with economics, different than other fields of medicine. And I think other fields of medicine certainly do that to some extent, but psychiatry so much. And, um, you know, tonight we're going to kind of talk about our own personal experiences. We're also going to talk about some interesting kind of like ethics potentially of psychiatry that are really, I think, fascinating. Um, but welcome, yeah, I'm stoked to be here with you, man. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, I definitely agree with everything that you said, um, especially the point about, you know, everybody in medicine, we're, we're definitely at the forefront of what's happening downstream of politics, some of the socioeconomic factors that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but especially as psychiatrists, um, I, I do think we deal with that on a little bit more intimate level. Mm -hmm. um, we oftentimes talk to patients about some of these issues. Um, we oftentimes see patients that may be presenting as a re direct result of some of these issues going on. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that's definitely something that we'll be discussing a lot. Um, and if you ever wanted to talk about it, I think, you know, especially when we see patients in an emergency department, those, those, some of those factors are very evident there. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe one of the best ways to even start this podcast, I asked the same question when I interviewed our program director, Dr. Schmutz. Um, and I'll start with kind of, I think, the harder question first. What do you think is your biggest headache as a psychiatry resident 
um, you know, relevant to our job? Relevant to our job. Hmm. So I guess there's two broad ways I would think about this. Uh-huh. One of the ways I could answer is um, based on the structure um, and just the educational aspect and just the work, the hospital politics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole other aspects where you start seeing the limitations of what you can provide for your patients. Um, I guess that's also structural as well, but just structural on the healthcare side. Mm-hmm. Um, where should we start? I'll leave that up to you. I don't know, man. I mean, that's going to be hours and hours and hours, I think, of podcast content that we're going to discuss. You know, before this podcast started, we were kind of saying, like, we want this podcast to be something where we find the lines and the nuance of the things we agree on and also the things we kind of disagree on. And, you know, because I think a lot of uh, psychiatry is political, I would almost hope that we're willing to have like some of those difficult political conversations that I feel like people in this world like kind of shy away from, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think, I really feel that psychiatrists almost have to start being more active um, in these other realms of society besides just, uh, oh, patient presents for depression, here's drug or treatment, blah, I hope you get better. You know, there has to be so much other like step-offs, structure as you're outlining, laws, human rights, I don't know, that have to all contribute to this person um, actually getting better. Right, and um, it does oftentimes feel as though all we're offering is medication. Yeah. To go back to your original question, I think one of the biggest frustrations that I've experienced thus far is pertaining exactly that matter. Um, I went into this field because I cared about people's lives. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help people live better lives, um, both physically and mentally. Um, I went into this field because I've always liked philosophy. So there were questions that I wanted to answer, like if something happens, if an individual goes through a traumatic event and all other things being held static and um, being equalized, you know, how come one person can fare you know, better and, and, and another person may be suffering a little bit more? So like mm-hmm. what contributes to that resiliency? So these were the questions that I kind of envisioned myself having with my patients before I actually started working. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, It's very frustrating that the conversation that I'm actually having, it always seems to be I'm asking questions to get a certain amount of data points that I need Mm -hmm. to offer X medication. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just kind of sucks that, um, you know, that's the mentality I have every time I walk into a room. Mm -hmm. Um, But hey, I guess, you know, I've been institutionalized in a way. Um, That's the world of medicine. And um, that's that's the way the job needs to get done. Yeah. Um, And that's what we need to do. Um, We have busy schedule and you you need to approach patients that way. Unfortunately, if you want want to survive through residency and beyond. Yeah, man. I mean, that kind of just like hurt my soul, right? Because like I can relate to that so much. I feel like my role as a resident, yeah, like, you know, before I even got into medical school and had really any true idea of what medicine was, I think all of us kind of had this, like, such an idealistic dream of what medicine is and, like, you know, I don't know, the, the, the crap you see in the movies and on the TV shows, right? Um, I guess, like, stroking into your ego of what is maybe truly possible, you know, in some respect. Um, But what I'm realizing about this job and this role as a kind of a resident, as a physician, sadly, and I hope we can work on changing it, but sadly, it's kind of like a 
cash cash register for the hospital in a sense. Note you, monkey. Yes, you know, you create this uh, this document that uh, our hospital sends to an insurance company to receive payment. Kind of as simply as that. So like you're saying, yes, it has to have X amount of data points, X amount of complexity, because they bill based on complexity, right? Um, more complex patients get a higher uh, reimbursement. And so I was actually describing this to a colleague of ours uh, who's, um, you know, one of our interns right now and just struggling, you know, finding the balance between patient care, the conversations that we have with patients and also the quality of the notes. You want to make good notes, but I was kind of trying to advise this person saying like, you know, what truly matters is what the patient's experience and in, in their opinion of you is. Right. If they're like, if they think you're helping them, if they buy into this product that we're kind of selling, like that's what really matters. That's where like the meat and the potatoes is the stuff that almost money can't buy. Everything else, this little document, create it with all those particular data points that you're referring to so we can bill at whatever our hospital needs to because people's jobs all around you depend on that one stupid document to be written correctly. And the way patient care is set up, there's you know, X amount of pa patient technicians per um, patient, right? Then um, that ratio is a little bit lower per nurse, maybe per social worker, whatever. And then physician has to carry, or nurse practitioner or whatever, um, PA um, has to carry the most, you know, because there's just the fewest of those people. So it's almost like you have to just rip through that stupid document just so it can get done. So the rest of the hospital can even kind of function as a unit. Um, and. I don't know where I was just going kind of down this rabbit hole and rant about documentation, but it really sucks out the the joy of um, the job, I think, in so many different ways. And I don't know, I mean, I know so many people can kind of relate to it, but that's at least been my personal experience over the last year and a half. Yeah, um, you, know, you know what blows my mind? The fact that when you're writing these notes, you write the notes specifically thinking about what level you're billing for. Mm -hmm. So for example, when you do a physical exam, you have to list eight or more systems. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why we have to do that is because of billing. You get paid more if you do that. Mm -hmm. So like, does that, does me doing a review of system, a physical exam rather on eight or more systems change my interaction with the patient? Does it change the quality of care that I'm providing? Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely not. It's not doing anything. Um, yeah. And half of the times it's not very thorough anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be real. I'm a psychiatry resident. Um, mm -hmm. I know how to deal with certain medical conditions, but being honest, that is not primarily what I'm focused on mm -hmm. when a patient is in my inpatient psych unit. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in stabilizing their mental health so they can go out and return to their normal lives out in the community mm -hmm. and yeah it's just been one of those um, big surprises to me I guess that's just coming from a place of um, of ignorance in the past um, yeah. where I and naivety probably you know I just didn't know and when you when you're introduced into this world of um, you know actual medicine mm -hmm. yeah those little things I mean they stand out in a big way yeah yeah in medical school, you go through it, you don't really truly appreciate the economical components of healthcare and working as a cog in the machine. And I feel like in our experience as residents, you know, it's, it's this weird job, right? Because like 
we're getting paid a uh, middle class wage right now. You know, like uh, everyone can look up our salaries, so I don't care. It's it's sixty what one or something as a second year resident. Pretty standard, I guess, across the country for residency, and it's this weird um, kind of income dynamic because we come from four years of uh, just so many student loans. You know, like I have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of student loans right now. Um, Maybe they'll get forgiven by the, the government if I work at a certain kind of uh, job in the future. Um, but what if a, a Republican or a different kind of policy does come in place? Like, is any of that um, up in jeopardy, potentially? Um, and so it's this weird kind of job in the hospital because we're, you don't really get choices on what work you do and do not do, right? We have kind of like, you're our employee um, for the next four years, you're in training, you're going to do all these things. And it's very hard to kind of advocate for yourself versus uh, a different employee that may be a more lateral, uh, no, that was the wrong word, at will employee, is that maybe the best word? Where they're not at a long-term contract and they can kind of take a different job elsewhere if they so choose at a different hospital, if they feel that they're in, um, you know, better opportunities are elsewhere. Whereas a resident, you know, you're locked in, more or less. You're locked in. Locked in for a short-term four-year contract, mm -hmm. more or less, in the world of psychiatry, right? Um, and then it's, it's of course, an extremely fruitful career once you finish these uh, psychiatry um, residency years. I'm, I'm so thankful for that, that we both were able to um, have this opportunity. But, you know, still in the moment right now of living um, in a high-cost uh, area, um, like Philadelphia, New Jersey, like we're located now, um, with, you know, damn inflation, uh, too. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's tough sometimes. We can't even work extra if we want to right now and earn extra income because we're working so many hours and we don't have moonlighting privileges that um, other more senior residents have right now. So this is very, um, just, I would say, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so... Um just for everybody listening, in case you, you, you are not familiar with um, the process of a residency, mm -hmm. just want to quickly um, you know, talk about that a little bit. So basically, you go through four years of medical school, and then after that, you apply into residency. We matched into a psychiatry residency. Um, and the nature of the match is that you sign a contract. You, you sign the contract every year, so it renews every year. But in reality, you're stuck, it's a time commitment of four years. Yeah. Um, because you can leave your program, but you're not going to get a program anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and if without the residency, you can't practice medicine in the U.S. So it's it's like it's very very important to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, and the part that is really sucky is that you pretty much have no say, no control in the hours you're working, um, the number of calls that you're doing. Um, there there's certain limitations, mm -hmm. but you know, there's just so much of uh, variation between program to program, um, specialty to specialty. Yeah. Um, so it's just like the program can say, hey, like you guys are going to cover, you know, this new place now, you know, during these nights. Yeah. Um, there would be no conversation about that. Well, maybe there will be a conversation, but the outcome would ultimately be You'd the be same. voluntold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, that that's not, you know, and I just don't want to sound all down and gloomy about exactly. residency. It is, at the end of the day, this is an immense privilege. I yeah. am so thankful for this opportunity. And um, it's challenging, but that's, you know, that's how you grow at the end of the day. And like in, in a few years, we're gonna have to take care of patients and we're gonna have to earn their trust, their respect, and 
yeah, you just you, you have to grow, and mm-hmm. the only way to grow is through hard work. Yeah, and you know, I what I was thinking kind of in my head, it's like I, I'm picturing the listener being like, listen to these two damn doctors complain, like shut the hell up. Um, but like, why why we're having this conversation? I feel like is because you know, mental health is kind of relative to everyone, right? And even the neurosurgeon, who's the smart, probably the smartest guy in the hospital, he goes through his own mental health challenges, right? And I feel like part of our style of this show is we want to talk about our own mental health challenges, um, you know, and, and what experiences we've gone through in the past, what experiences we're also going through now, and, and like worries for the future and how we're handling that. And we're doing this because we're trying to create Um, like we said, educational content for people to better handle their illnesses. You know, we're both uh, going to be psychiatrists at the end of this one day. And we hope to potentially maybe even open a practice, right? And try to find patients that want to find psychiatrists like me and you. And, you know, more or less buy into the products we're selling. But the the ideas and the philosophies and yes, sometimes the um, medication that can help you out with mental illness. And so we're trying to get to know our audience. We hope our audience gets to know us so that when you do enter into that psychiatry patient office and you know, I've been there. I actually live with bipolar disorder. I'll talk about that extensively in uh, you know, this show and then the other show I do. But you know, walking in to see a new psychiatrist is super awkward, right? Because you don't even know that person and then immediately you're supposed to talk about you know, that one experience you had where you did go kind of psychotic for four days in a row and were up for five days without sleeping and it happened 10 years ago. And you have to dive into that the minute you get there because you only have 20 minutes with the provider. And it's a very awkward, very challenging experience. So I think our hope, at least from my perspective, is that we're doing this show so that patients can feel more comfortable than maybe talking to us one day. Um, Providing content for free. I don't ever want to charge for anything that we're... um, educating on and what we just ask maybe in return if you continue to follow this podcast is you give us a shot maybe one day of being your uh, physician i think that'd be kind of a a cool mutual beneficial relationship between us and uh, the audience one day so i'm excited to embark on this journey with you and and share our personal experiences our views on psychiatry and uh, how it's relevant in the news today yeah um I think one of the things that I'd like to accomplish or get across, you know, through this podcast is, um, you know, I feel like, yeah, like you said, 20 minutes, we have 20 minutes uh, to work with a provider and get the history, right? So I feel like there's always a part of me that wants to develop that deeper relationship with the patient. Mm -hmm. And the nature of these visits are, you know, I ask all the hard hitting questions. I wish I had time to ask them in a more graceful manner, in a more conversational manner. But, you know, at times I do understand that some of those questions can come up very abruptly, Mm -hmm. but they are important questions and time Mm -hmm. is limited. So I do need to ask them. And, you know, I think us doing this podcast, it really gives me a chance to put my personality out there, um, have these conversations with you and hopefully have, you know, future patients listen in on, you know, the side of me that I wish I could have shared, you know, when, when we met face to face, but I never got a chance to. So I think in that way, um, you know, I, I hope that this is going to be an impactful experience mm-hmm. for myself, my future patients, and also you. But yeah, I'm just overall very excited to try to try this out and see where it goes. Hell yeah, man.